Trapped in Austin podcast. First off, I want to congratulate you on the second location opening in Hyde Park. I think that's Thank a huge accomplishment. Um, before we kind of dive into Tiny Grocer, I'd love to just kind of hear more about you and how I, you know, I did read that you worked at Whole Foods for a long time, but talk to me a little bit about what prompted your transition into entrepreneurship and kind of how, kind of take me through the beginning a little bit. Yes, and I'll try to do this with tact, right? Yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, you know, I was a kid in my 20s, and I got a job making sandwiches in the deli at, at a Whole Foods in California. And honestly, Whole Foods was brand new. Nobody knew what it was, right? Yeah. Um, and this is like 1995, so it's not the very beginning of Whole Foods. It's several years in. I think maybe they had 50 plus stores at the time, which to me now sounds like so many, but it really always, um, there was something really kind of great that it always felt like a startup at Whole Foods. It always felt like we were just making it up as we go and trying new things and seeing what worked. And so I just, um, I found that I liked it, you know, like I liked the uh, work environment, you know, I think typically you stay at jobs because you like the people. I loved the people that I worked with. And I was always someone who felt like I would like to make more money, wasn't afraid of responsibility. And so I just kind of kept applying for higher positions and going up and up and up and up and up um, in that company. So changed departments multiple times until I got myself into what, what we called store leadership. Um, so I had run departments and now I'm an assistant manager of a store and then became a, uh, I ran my own store. Um, so all of this is in uh, the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So the first store that I ran was in San Rafael, California um, and, you know, lived in Berkeley and uh, Marin County is a great, uh, you know, there's some affluence there Um you could sell some nicer products. You know, um, I often talk about that. I think what I'm doing with tiny grocer is, is recreating my favorite job I've ever had, which is, um, I was a grocery buyer in my late twenties. Um, and back then it wasn't regionalized or globalized. You could buy for your one store. So you would meet people who made a great product. You would go to farmer's markets, you would go to food shows and you'd meet them You'd build a relationship with them. You'd order their product and you'd price it. You'd cut it into the shelf. Like all of these things that later became systemized. And of Mm -hmm. course, as a company grows, um, I got to do kind of for a one-off store. And our store was very successful. And um, I also feel like the product mix for Whole Foods is a a lot more like what I'm doing now. um you know, you had smaller people that maybe were just in Marin County and only sold to one store, but it was an amazing item. And um, now in order to be in, in stores, it's a there's a lot of hoops to jump through. You typically have to supply a region. So you have to be kind of a, a larger, you have to have grown your company to be able to get into these other markets now. Mm. So... So I feel like I want to be the retailer for these makers that I think are making really incredible products. And especially here in Austin, there's a really um, vibrant CPG, consumer packaged goods industry of people making quality things, quality products that need a launch or a place to be sold as they build their business into 
I think for the the dream for them is still getting into a whole food, getting into a central market. But um, I like to be the place where they can start and they can make a name for themselves. And anyway, so I'll go back to my past for a minute. I'm getting into a little bit of why I love my current thing. But um, so, yeah, I I ended up running stores for Whole Foods. My first store was in San Rafael and then um, really got kind of sought um, after by the Southwest region to come over here and uh, become the store manager of the flagship store at Sixth and Lamar and got that job and, and ran that store for four years from 2008 to 2012. Wow. So you were the head store manager there? Yes. Very cool. Yeah. And that was an amazing opportunity too, for lots of reasons. One is I loved that company and, you know, really thought I was staying forever. Um, so kind of just kept taking steps in my career, but it also really put me, you know, the global offices are on top of that business. And so it put me into a a lot of higher level conversations. Like when the company was trying to think of things to do, they would often want an operator in the room to say, Hey, here are the things I think would be good about that. Here's what I think could be something you might want to think about. And so I found myself in a lot of the global meetings um, and just being sought after for my opinion. And I really enjoyed that kind of juxtaposition between running the store and, and being in those conversations. And so, so, you know, I kept going, I feel like different people that I knew in the company left at different times along the way, kind of saying this isn't the same company or whatever. I, I really was still in, I, people accused me of drinking the Kool-Aid. I, I felt like Whole Foods taught leadership in a way that I really um, am grateful for that I got to experience and stays with me. Um, and then I don't know, like I, I, I ran, I opened a store from the ground up because I wanted that construction experience and hiring from the ground up and training everybody and what just, just that knowledge for my own brain and repertoire. And, um, so I opened one at William Cannon and Mopac in the Arbitral shopping center. And I ran that for four years so it ended up being about, um, you know, a little, about a decade running grocery stores for, for that company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really, um, you know, I won't, I won't try to take too long with this, but there was a couple of opportunities where I thought I was going to do something slightly different and, and would really, you would hit the ground running. You'd do all this due diligence because you were going to be interviewed for something. And, and so you spend about a month of your life working outside of your normal job to prepare for these. And, and both of those positions just kind of didn't come to fruition, which is fine. Um, but I definitely was kind of wanting more and wanting to do more. And then I would say just my spidey senses started tingling in this way where it just felt like something was amiss. Something kind of wasn't, (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on another tangent, but basically. No, I, I, by the way, this is all fascinating. So, please. Okay. Yeah. So, so part of I think why I stayed with Whole Foods for as long as I did is because I'm kind of rebellious in nature, and I felt like there, I was a part of a food movement. I felt like we were doing something really important in the world of food. Um, you know that really organics and. Uh, what was happening, I mean, really in the 70s, so much food became chemicals, um, that really nutrition is important to me. I think that health really starts with what we put in our body. And so it was just really speaking to me and my values um, about what we were doing. And 
I think really like John Mackey had a CEOs have these lofty goals and his was, I want to change the way the world eats. And I really could get behind that. Mm -hmm. I really felt like we were doing that. And honestly, at the end, I want to say that I feel like we did do that, that, um, that in every conventional supermarket, there is now organics. Costco is so much organics. Like that is absolutely because of what Whole Foods did to the marketplace when, when these other supermarkets were growing at like 3% and 5% and Whole Foods was growing at 20%, they couldn't not take notice that this was an emerging thing that people really wanted and it was hitting a market that they weren't considering or thinking about. Mm-hmm. So, so I do feel like we accomplished that. And then my spidey senses started tingling. I found myself in a, in a meeting where we were talking about market share versus Kroger and Walmart, and that was never anything that was what we were doing before. Um, but yeah, I, I, what I'll say is I got a little bit bored after 10 years of running big grocery stores. I, I found myself a little bored and then I realized I did some kind of personal soul searching and realized it's not my employer's job to make me not bored. It's my job to make me not bored. And so, um, luckily I was able to take a sabbatical, which isn't always offered by a lot of places, but um, I was, take some time off and I went back to school and um and really just kind of started barreling towards a degree like did a two-year program in 18 months and and so of course came back from my sabbatical still with about six months left of that work to do and did my running a store and school on top of it and ended up with a degree from St. Ed's in organizational leadership and communication which I felt like was what I was already doing on some level, but it really put a piece of paper to it that wasn't important to me younger and suddenly was important to me. Like suddenly I did want that degree. And, um, and I think it gave me some real confidence in myself too, is that I think when I was younger, I thought I wasn't a great student and it turns out I'm an excellent student. Yeah. You know, like I graduated summa cum laude and, you know, uh, just really, I loved that experience. Um, I also think school makes you focus <laughs> in a way on yeah. project that was really good for me. So absolutely. Just to touch on that really quick, I think sometimes too, um, cause I even experienced this a little bit with myself. I think we appreciate learning more sometimes when you get to be older. Like when I was younger, I don't know if I really, you know, I just wasn't in that mind frame, I think. So I, I think, I think there's a lot of people who actually, when they kind of develop over time and get to be a little bit older and more mature, they actually like really appreciate school more. Yeah, I really wanted to be there, yeah. you know? Yeah, And so I got so much out of it. And I, on a side note, my mom went back to school when I was a teenager. And I think that that was always this kind of lesson for me of you can do school at any time. Like yeah, school is I agree. Not, school is not just for right after high school. So so I, I got the degree. I was, I was running a store. And, um, you know, Whole Foods had really never been through. We one time during the financial collapse went through some layoffs but it was really only at the global (laughs) office and some higher level positions but um you know i came back and and there's kind of layoffs happening at at the store level and i was really glad to be back and that it was me going through this with my team because we could really just sit and talk we could i cried with them i hugged them you know like just kind of uh walking that team through that transition I was glad to be a part of it on some level even though it was very hard for everybody so 
you know, I just, I just think that I started to feel like it was, it was moving away from what I had really loved. And I think I took the biggest leap of faith in my life. I mean, this was a big career for me. I had really 24 years in the business and gotten myself to a pretty high level and was being looked at for higher level positions, even in the company. And I left like it was it's huge you know and honestly i i still don't make the money that i made then i i've taken pay cut after pay cut but um but i'm thrilled with what i do again you know yeah. like so i got picked up by um right after i finished school and had stopped working at whole foods i um i got picked up by bunkhouse the local hotel group mm-hmm. uh, as their director of operations now and just I- to ask you about that really quick so i was i was kind of reading about that before we jumped on the call i'm not overly familiar with bunkhouse what hotels do they run yeah so they're like the hotel san jose okay the ho- okay the hotel saint cecilia they now have austin hotel that happened while i was there um they have el cosmico out in marfa okay you know, um they have um so the, it, they're more like boutique hotels. Is that fair to definitely? Say? Like I okay. think Liz Lambert has a whole reputation of her own, um, really in design and kind of taking something that's kind of you know in in, her, in this case really nothing was. I think I attribute South Congress in general to two people I know and love, which is Steve Wertheimer, who made the Continental Club, and then Liz putting the Hotel San Jose here. You know, that really was, and there's an old doc about it, but that really was a um, almost kind of pay-by-the-hour motel, like really sketchy. Yeah. Uh, it was a pretty sketchy area in general, and it and it just really became this vibrant, what it is now, shopping area and district for everybody. Oh, um, I know. It's, it's wild. I, uh, I'm from Austin, born and raised, actually, and I'm 39, so I've seen, I've seen the evolution, and I've seen many iterations of it, and... You know, you've been here a long time as well. So I always enjoy having these conversations with people that have been here a long time because yeah. um, one thing I wanted to, to just kind of an observation about Whole Foods really quick, because I, I want to get your opinion on this. But is it safe to say that Whole Foods in a lot of ways, I mean, they seem to be kind of the unspoken blueprint in a lot of ways, I think, for a lot of smaller grocery store chains or people who are aspiring uh, entrepreneurs in this space like yourself. Is that, is that a fair assessment? I think it should be a fair assessment. I mean, it's hard for me to say what other, I am so influenced yeah. by the, I mean, I, they raised me right. as a person, you know, and then, and then but I the, would say. They also I, seem to be kind of the OG in a way, right? Like, I mean, at least their story in some sense. And again, I'm, I'm maybe I'm, I don't have much to compare it to because I'm from here and anybody who's from Austin knows kind of about the whole food story, but I almost look at, they're kind of, to me, they almost seem like the pioneer in the space. I think so. I think, I think especially around anything concerning health, right? Anything where you're actually putting your values around, uh, quality ingredients, making sure that things that are, you know, I remember trans fats, when that happened, this is a long, long time ago, but that we wouldn't carry anything with trans fats. It's really like, there is a there was a woman named margaret wittenberg there is still a woman named margaret wittenberg but she used to work for whole foods and ran their quality standards and she was really my hero in that company you know is um just just making sure that you know things that um are not good for you are not in our the products that we carry i still say are see like it's just ingrained 
But but when I left, I will say my spidey senses, I think, were right because right after that, right after that is when Amazon bought it. Oh, wow. And, okay. So for me, I, um, I am an idealist, maybe to my own detriment sometimes, is that, um, you know, when I think about it is I don't think that I would want to spend my energy, my work energy, my life energy to make Bezos more money personally, you yeah. know, like when we were growing a business that was doing all of this good in the world, and I think they're still doing good in the world, it's just... I don't know. It just doesn't quite line up for me anymore. And so it felt like I jumped off at just the right time. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, that company has changed. Like I said, it's so hard and they have to. I will never judge them for what they've done. I don't know what it takes to run a Fortune 500 company or how you have to pivot. But, um, you know, a lot of things, a lot more went to private label. Uh, my personal opinion is that they got a nickname a long, long time ago of Whole Paycheck that they were constantly battling against. And so they were trying to be more competitive price-wise. And um, I think that's part of my – I see a race to the bottom in the grocery industry, and I just don't think that that's right. I think that there is absolutely a consumer that wants a quality product, knows that it might cost a little bit more. And, and so I really – when I look at my selection – so much of it is our items that Whole Foods used to carry and stopped carrying, but I still think it's the best thing out there. Or it's a small producer that's making something locally that isn't big enough to be in those stores. And really, I just kind of, I start with, I start with local and I fill in around it of what I think is the best. Like having that much time in the business, I've really tasted so much that's out there. Mm -hmm. And I go to food shows and I keep myself educated about food, but it's just kind of for me, selecting, I, I mean, I, I always say I'm a self-proclaimed grocery nerd. And I would I kept lists for years of like, if I were to do my own store, what would I sell? And and so the first tiny grocer was really the, the being able to put that onto the shelves and try it out and see what's happening. And then I think the Hyde Park store is kind of the evolution of that. And then, of course, just to make it harder on myself to also add in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm going to come uh, come by soon and try it out. I, I was not aware of the the restaurant inside until till today, so yeah, I, uh, I'll have to and come by and check really, that out. That's really like you gotta. I feel like life. You walk through life, right? And doors either open or they close. And and so when I was getting ready to do this first door, it was just like door open, 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 open. You yeah. know, it's just you can't deny it that you're being led down this path to do something. And Hyde Park too was just a connection to other people who have the talent that I need around me to be able to actually continue to do this and even have more than one store. And the chef, uh, Joe Chan, is just an absolute talent that uh, I continue to just be massively impressed with. And, and I really hope that we have a long time together doing more things. So yeah, one of the things I really want to ask you about, because again, this is always, this is just from consumer uh, perception, but I've even noticed this like in the last 20 years, it seems like there is a huge uptick in the popularity of boutique grocery stores. Mm -hmm. um, you know, growing up here, obviously you have the big mainstays, the HEBs, you know, Albertsons used to be here a long time ago, which I worked at for a long time when I was younger. So I'm kind of familiar with working in those larger grocery store uh, chains, but Talk to me a little bit about that because now there's a lot of like, you know, you have, there's a lot that have like popped up in the last 10 years. I mean, now Trader Joe's yeah. is here. You have, you have Sprouts. Is this, um, 
from your perspective, does it make it more saturated? Is it harder to kind of distinguish yourself at that point? Or do you think it's just what's good for everybody? You know, like if it, what's good for one is good for everyone or kind of t- talk to me a little bit about that. I'd love to hear kind of your yeah, perspective. I'll, I'll say like Trader Joe's and Sprouts to me are still large companies. Okay. Right? Like okay. With, with large supermarkets. Yeah. Um, I think what right? I say, I'm, I guess... And, and that's totally fair. I think just, again, from consumer mind, I think because it, they're, they're typically small square footage stores. So sometimes uh-huh. I, have, I think yeah. just I, I lump it in kind of even with the smaller independent groups, even though that might not okay. be a fair. Yeah. And, and just to nerd out a little bit, right, like there is a grocery store in Fort Worth, Texas, that's called Roy Pope. Right. Okay. And um, a friend of mine was involved in the investor group that purchased that and was remodeling that. And I got to consult on that during COVID, which mm. was just a gift, honestly, um, for me. But, um, you know, that store is about 4,500 square feet, maybe 5,000. Um, but that used to be a major supermarket in the 40s. And oh, 50s. wow. Okay. So really what we've seen is over the years is these, I mean, the, the, the flagship store that I ran at six and Lamar is 80,000 square feet. It is a football field of groceries, right? Yeah. So, so it's interesting. I think that, um, here's my take on it is that, um, you know, sprouts definitely grew out of, uh, competition to whole foods specifically, Um, Trader Joe's is a whole story unto itself that is so fascinating because I think they did one of the most brilliant things in marketing that you could ever do, which is they labeled everything Trader Joe's in the store. So when you run out of something, you think, I have to go back to Trader Joe's for that, right? Yeah. Um, So there's some brilliance there. Um, The smaller format grocery store is making a move right now, and I agree with you, it's probably over the last 10 years, and so I was inspired by like farm shop in LA and Santa, Santa Monica um, and other like small grocers that are, I don't know, just really wanting to put quality product out there in a great way. I've, I've even seen a couple places try to do it with a restaurant model. Um, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I don't think anyone's done it as well as we just did and are doing over there. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I look at, Royal Blue, right? Royal yes. Blue was something when they started, I was like, huh, that's so interesting. I, I actually think this has been in the back of my mind for a long, long time because people that I talk to that I've worked with are like, oh, you said, you've said something about doing something like this. And I don't even remember. But they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, you've said, I feel like Whole Foods taught me everything I needed to know to run my own business. And I don't even remember these things coming out of my mouth, but I think it was in the back of my mind in my, you know, future thinking for a long, long time. So, you know, I think that, um, Royal blue, I I like them. I think they do a good job. I like, I would never Tom's market. I like what they're doing. Tom's is probably one of my favorites just because they do so much local as well. That they're really out good local products and they do. Uh huh. I really, I like what they do. Um, um, you know, the new kid on the block is Foxtrot. Yes, I saw that. They're based out of Illinois, correct? They're out of Chicago. Okay, uh-huh. yeah. And, um, you know, they opened a, a few in Chicago and we're doing well with it. It actually started as a tech company. It actually started as an online shopping experience. 
And I think maybe they weren't getting the traction that they needed uh, for it to be as successful as they would like. Mm -hmm. And then they started opening brick and mortars. I will say that they just got like $100 million in funding and are, you know, looking to take over the world. Like they are dropping 25 stores a year. They just dropped, uh, I think they're dropping five in Austin. I think at least three of those are open, if not more at this point. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I only yeah. knew about the Burn It one, but it doesn't surprise me that they already have some more open by now. Yeah, they, they dropped one really close to my South Congress store. It's really it's on the, exactly the same street, Annie. It's just one major street over yeah. at South First in Annie. Um, so, you know, again, without um, – I would never talk badly about any of these, but if you want to ask me what is different between – me and those stores is I actually see those stores as kind of an, uh, you know, an elevated, uh, convenience store, right? Right. Like right. It's kind of a high end, uh, convenience store. It really, what I see most of these stores doing is, um, they shy away from perishable product, right? Yeah. So like, there's not a produce section there's not a lot of fresh breads there's not flowers there's not there's not a lot of cheeses like um these are the things that are more high risk when you sell them because you have to really deal with them properly so that you're not creating spoilage and loss for yourself yeah um but i think for them to hedge the bets is what they end up doing is a lot of snack foods some wine um I, I mean, I, I don't mean to pick on them. Ton, tons of ice cream. <laughs> so much, it's all sweets. It's yeah. not good. For, like sweet, yeah. sweet, 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 you know. And and they're doing a little bit of um, made in-house food. They're doing coffee, of course. Um, you know, again, I'm just going to – I would throw my quality against anybody's quality any day of the week. But really, my I would say the way my concept is different is because I grew up in big supermarkets – my goal was to, like in a, in a Whole Foods, for example, there's at least nine departments within Whole Foods. So there's produce and there's the meat department and there's the floral department and there's body care and there's the prepared foods <laughs> department. There's the bakery and there's grocery and there's frozen and dairy. And my goal was really that every single one of those departments is represented in my store, that it's truly more of a grocery store experience it's just real small. And so I always go to like mustard for some reason, but like, so in a, in a major supermarket, you're going to get four foot shelf, like a whole section of just like six, four foot shelves of mustard, you know, mm -hmm. in my store, you're going to get one shelf that has about five different mustards and they're amazing. They're handpicked by me. You know, you've got your Dijon, you've got your whole grain, you've got the different choices that you kind of need to have, but there's not just selection after selection. It's really like, this is a great mustard. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I will say, I think the big value add, and this is just my opinion about smaller grocery stores, is I think that there's people who, you know, and I love HEB, by the way, but yeah. I, when you go into a large grocery store, there is something to be said about, there's sort of the um, there, there's almost like too much abundance in a way where you're kind of, it, it, it can yeah. get a little overwhelming, right? And I think there's some people that want to streamline their experience a little bit more, where yeah. you go into a smaller um, brick and mortar, and it's like you don't want to overthink too much about what you need, and you kind of want to get in and get out. And so I yeah. do think that in this kind of era that we're finding ourselves in today, where I think 
you know, and obviously I think COVID uh, propelled a lot of this, but I think that people are kind of used to like, how can I say this? I think people are like, people like if they get pulled away too long from like their phones or their responsibilities or their kids or things that they want to do at home. I I think we're kind of evolving into a space where I don't think people want to spend too much time at the grocery store. And so, and I could be wrong here. This is just my perception, but like not everybody wants to spend 45 minutes in the grocery store. You know what I mean? So I do think that there is a lot of value add in the smaller grocers because I do think there's some people that want to kind of just go in and get out in 10 minutes. What are your thoughts on that? You kind of nailed it. Like one of the things I was just going to say is about COVID, right? So even though I think that this has been going on for about 10 years and different people have been experimenting in this arena, COVID hits, right? And all the restaurants, all the hotels, all of these things are shut down. Grocery is not. And I've kind of always known that um, because I've been through in my long history whether there's a hurricane or whatever happens in different places, we open and we're the ones who are handing out water and we're helping the community. Like grocery is an essential business. It will not close. And so what you saw was you saw a lot of people pivoting. So restaurants and people who care about food are suddenly bringing in grocery items to try to stay afloat. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I also think what happened there was every person is locked down. They can't go out to eat. And so and so people wanted better ingredients. They they were now home chefs. They were tired of making the same old thing. They needed to play a little bit. And so I think people's palate got a little bit better too. Like they want yeah. access they want access to some better items. So um, you know, and you're seeing the restaurants kind of flip back, like they're not doing as much of the grocery. They're kind of going back to being restaurants, but you're seeing a lot of people consider small groceries and I can't tell you how often people come in and say, Oh, I dream of doing something like this. I do think it's a lot harder than people think it is. Oh, Um, I can, I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, and this is also why I think the restaurant adding the restaurant to the second one is so brilliant is because the people who will, who want to go out for a nice meal and, and Joe, our chef is providing an excellent meal that the people who care about food in that way also care about ingredients in that way for their home kitchen so so having them eat at our restaurant and then and then stroll through the store it just seems like a really great uh symbiotic relationship to to you know be able to please people in two different ways you know absolutely um one thing i always like to ask people this stuff uh before i before I usually wrap up the show, but I, you know, I'm a huge fan of movies and music. I know a lot of people are, but I always like to, this kind of helps me get to know someone a little bit better. What are, what are some, like, I guess some bands you liked when you were growing up or like, what kind of music do you listen to the most? And the same with movies too. Like if you have a couple of movies you really like or some favorite movies you had when you were a kid. Okay, cool. I want to say one more thing before we go into Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Okay. You know how we were talking about like the Hotel San Jose, right? Yeah. I think some of the genius of that company and Liz herself is that she saw an industry in the hotel business where you really were kind of, you only had these selections and they weren't very nice. You know, like, you know, I also think creating a beautiful space that feels good. I think COVID also made us not want to be around a million people all the time, right? Yeah, that I would like I to have the smaller experience with really good service. It feels good when I go in there. You know, I, I just feel like grocery has that opportunity without the horrible fluorescent lightings and the, and, you know, 
H-E-B is amazing. And Whole Foods has always said the reason that they're as good as they are is because H-E-B was their competitor. Yeah. You know, that it them to be better. But I still think these grocery stores that we go into are not necessarily a pleasant experience. And I think customer service has gone by the wayside. Yeah. No, like, I completely agree. You can't agree. find a person to help you to save your life. And then, no. you know... So it's me really doubling down on some of that as well. Okay, so now music and movies. Yeah. By the way, Steph, we can we can continue talking about whatever you want. I just didn't know if you had to cut it short at all. But if you want to keep chatting, I'm more than willing to. Say that again? Sorry. No, I, I didn't know if you had to jump off soon. But we can – I mean, I'm, I'm loving the conversation. But I didn't know if you were on a time I constraint. I have some time. We're okay. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Conversation. Okay. Um, it's like my favorite thing to talk about. So um, movies and music. So a, a couple things I'll say is that when I was in high school, um, I got in the theater, right? So I okay. was in play. So um, I just have an absolute love of theater and plays in general. Like I still am constantly seeking out a good play, you know, um, movies, you know, I mean, there are movies that shaped me and formed me like, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, of course, there was like Star Wars and E.T. and these movies mm -hmm. that, you know, you there was no VCRs. I'm older. <laughs> so, you know, you would actually go to the theater. And if you liked it and wanted to see it, you had to go back to the theater to see it again, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, as a teenager, I became a punk, you know, and there was a movie called Suburbia that uh, really did something to me on some level of yeah. kind of being. I remember that movie. That was like, was that earlier mid nineties? I think it was eighties. Oh, it was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like flea from the chili peppers is in it. Yes. I kind of remember this actually. It's a wild movie. I'm not necessarily recommending everyone go see it. It's pretty <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it, it, you know, when I was in the throes of my rebellious years, it definitely, um, uh, played a part there. Um, let's see. I mean, honestly, though, as I get a little older, I get into like independent films. Like I was always at the movie house that played the movies that not everybody went to see. Like Cinema Paradiso is still one of my very favorite movies because it's also about the love of movies. Oh, okay. Very cool. And I've actually never heard of that. We would see foreign films and we would see independent films a lot. Mm. You know, Jim Jarmusch. Um, all of those films really affected me in my young, probably like 18 to 24 kind of time. And uh, uh, anyways, um, music, it's funny. So I was kind of punk rock at about 14, 15. I had like a mohawk and was listening to punk music. But secretly in my room, I was listening to The Cure, The Smiths, Susie and the Banshees, you know, just kind of. And it's funny because I feel like a lot of those bands have somehow come back around to being like popular and almost and people almost think like oh that's what everyone was listening to and it really wasn't like yeah. you were the uh, you were the oddball if you were listening to this music um i know, love the but, cure though i mean that's like one of my favorite 80s groups me too i still love the cure yeah you know uh depeche mode when i was even younger than that you know like uh tears for fears yeah great you know all these bands that were kind of 80s like the um and then, of course, I played music. I was a drummer in a band and uh, in my 20s. I also like jobs like this, like uh, whether it's hospitality or grocery stores. Um, it gives you some flexibility to pursue. I think a lot of these kids have artistic dreams that they want to pursue, and it gives you some flexibility and schedule. So I was always like, I was making films, right? Or I was 
playing in a band. So I was a drummer in a band and we toured through the whole Pacific Northwest up into Canada and it was all during kind of the riot girl time. And, and that was really forming for me too of, you know, just, uh, you know, we were, we were slated to uh, play with Sleater Kinney at a gay and lesbian youth center Mm -hmm. uh, before they were big. I mean, it was just like, I don't know. It was just a really great time to be, running around doing creative stuff with other creative people, you know? Yeah. That's really cool. I know this is random, but have you met, uh, CC who owns zucchini kills? No, I haven't. And you know, what's funny that, um, uh, is on a list for me. I keep thinking about wanting to carry some of those products. Yeah. Just- you should, she's in her, her store is like in, like off North loop over in that area in Hyde park. I, I think you guys would really get along. I've had her on the show before and, she, uh, she's really cool. So you should definitely, uh, you guys should link up sometime. I think you guys would, um, probably have a lot in common. I love that because I also like their products and it's been on my mind. So I, I that's, I love when yeah. somebody says like that. She, she's, she's really cool. I think you guys would get along. That's great. Yeah. Well, this was an awesome interview stuff. I really do appreciate your time and I want to congratulate you and like all the success in the stores had so far. I definitely plan on, I live in North Austin kind of up past the domain. So I'm in kind of the North Loop Hyde Park area a lot. I'm definitely going to come by and check your store out. Please come. And and I really want to recommend having dinner. Yes. We're on open table. You can make a reservation. We have brunch as well. Brunch is great, but dinner, I really want to recommend dinner. This chef is something else, and I think you'll just love the experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I would love to have you back on sometime next year and kind of catch yep. up and see how things are going. I'd be happy to do that. That'd be awesome. Fun. All right. Thank you again, Steph. Yeah, thank right, you. Take great care. to meet you All by right. phone. Yeah, see it. Trapped in Austin Podcast. <laughs>